Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. As you guys know, over in Kenya in 2013, we started a work, and we're very proud of it and very thankful that God's allowed us to be a part of that work. But uh, in that first trip, I remember going over, and this is actually a video that's online right now, but I remember sitting in the passenger seat while my brother Shadrach was uh, driving the car in uh, Kenya. And as we're driving in, I believe, Nairobi there, we were headed out to the market, and we're, we're trusting our, our great, wonderful chauffeur. And uh, as we're flying down the road, we're seeing something very, very different from the United States of America. We're realizing that they don't have the same protocol for how to drive a car. And so it is like the Wild West out there, and Shadrach is dodging left and right. And by the way, you're not on finished roads. You're on gravel roads or dirt roads for the most part. And when there is a finished road, it is what we would call unfinished. And, and so we're driving and we're flying, and there's cars swerving each way. And Shadrach notices that I'm, that I'm gripping, and he checks on me once in a while. Pastor, are you okay? Are you okay? I said, sure, Shadrach, like, let's go. And so as we approach this major intersection that uh, you could find this video on, online, actually, but if, as we approach this intersection, uh, I look at the street in front of us. Now, mind you, there are hundreds of cars in the way. Shadrach has not let off of the gas. And I'm looking up, and it is like a zipper. I mean, there are cars that are dodging in, dodging out, and Shadrach's flying to this pile of mess, and I have turned the camera back and forth from Shadrach to this, this traffic jam ahead, and uh, he looks at me, and he said something I'll never forget. He said, now, in pa- Pastor, in America, there's a way you drive, but this is how we drive in Kenya. And so then he proceeds to take us right into this mess, and we're missing cars by an inch or two inches, literally. I'm not exaggerating that. You could ask the people that were on the trip. But Shadrach has all confidence in the world it's all going to work out, and he just merges right in, and we move on. And I can tell you that that is not a unique incident. Uh, Throughout the time of driving in Kenya, you'll realize that you are driving on some sketchy situations, sides of mountains, and at any moment you can be... uh, meeting Jesus. So, but, but the line that got me was, hey, in America, you do it this way, but this is how we do it in Kenya. We're talking this month about the kingdom of heaven. We're looking at the, the citations, about 32 of them, in uh, the book of Matthew, and they go on to, to lead us to set a description, between, the differentiator between earth, the kingdom of earth, the kingdoms that we set up, the kingdom that you might find in your locality or in America or in your neighborhood, and the kingdom of heaven. And as citizens of heaven, we're called to be kingdom citizens. But there is this dual citizenship that we wrestle with. The dual citizenship is this. How do we participate in the kingdom of heaven as a citizen of earth? How do I participate in the kingdom of heaven as a citizen of earth? Because I'm, I have dual citizenship. Essentially, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, how do we drive? 
how are we going to drive? Shadrach uh, received dual citizenship this last year, and so next year he'll be going, yeah, you can celebrate that. And so, and so next year his plan is to uh, take a Captivate Church vibe and start it up in, in uh, uh, Kenya, and in doing so, continue on that mission, and so he's going to start a church and continue to build up um, the work that we've already gotten started there. But uh, as he does, he has dual citizenship. So he's a citizen at one time of Kenya and a citizen of the United States of America. And many of us, we don't often think of ourselves as dual citizens, but that's exactly what we are. We have an earthly or a flesh loyalty because we're citizens of the United States, and we have a kingdom loyalty. Now, the question you have to ask is, how do I participate in the kingdom of heaven as a citizen of earth? Well, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us some examples. And so as we're doing this month, we're going to continue to look in and say, Lord, how do I participate in your kingdom on earth? How do I drive the car? Matthew 6, starting in verse 1. Jesus in this passage is giving us some warnings and, and, and shifts and saying, listen, that's not how you drive. Some of you I see driving a certain way. That's not how we do it as kingdom of heaven citizens. Beware, it says. Everybody say beware. Beware, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order. Everybody say in order. In order. In order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who's in heaven. Beware of, of practicing your righteousness before other people so that you could be seen by them because then you're not going to have a reward from your Father who's in heaven. So he gives some examples. He says, Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. They're, this word reward comes up over and over and over in Scripture. And, and some teachers or some pastors, they, they teach that we shouldn't be worried about rewards. But the reality is over and over and over in Scripture, the Scripture teaches us that God is a rewarder of those who seek Him. In fact, it says that you have to believe that He is who He, who he says He is and that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. And, and so here Jesus is saying, listen, I want the reward to be out there. I want you to think about being rewarded for being a good kingdom citizen. I want you to have that motive because here's what He's saying is that when you practice your righteousness before others to be seen by them, you won't have a reward. When you give to the needy and you blow a trumpet so everybody sees you, you're a hypocrite and, and, and you're going to be praised by other people, but you're not going to receive the reward of the kingdom. But when you give to the needy, verse 3, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What is that? Oh, man. <laughs> so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Here's a question that we have to ask ourselves today. What reward am I seeking? What, why am I doing any of this? What is the reward I'm chasing? Many of us, unfortunately, are chasing, even in faith, earthly rewards. If you're jotting notes, you can write down, citizens of the kingdom celebrate the king. 
Citizens of the kingdom celebrate the king. We don't celebrate like, hey, look, look at me. I was nice to somebody. Look at me. I bought somebody lunch. Look at me. I did this. It's great that we do, but if we're doing it for other people's approval, then we've got the only reward we can expect to get, Jesus says. There's a reward of being a faithful follower, a faithful citizen of heaven on this earth. But if your motive is to be praised by other people, you're ruining the very reward that you're seeking from God. I can't tell you how many times it breaks, it's broken my heart throughout the years. You can tell a person's spiritual walk by how often they'll talk about their own good deeds. Like you can tell exactly what they're after. You, there, there are these folks that exist in every single church on the planet. And it's sad because I don't hear that. When I hear people promoting what they've been doing, like coming out, making sure I know, it breaks my heart because I know what they're after. What they're after is, Pastor, would you approve me? Pastor, would you tell me I did good? Pastor, would you, would you give me some kudos? Pastor, can, can, can I be in the, the in crowd? And when we do that, we're, we're chasing the wrong motive to begin with. And the scripture says, hey man, you've got your reward. If that's what you're after, then good. You got your reward. And then I love it. It says this. And, and when you're giving, not only don't go out and sound a trumpet, but when you're giving, don't even let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What does that mean? That means that in your own heart, in your own mind, in yourself, don't let your ego get boosted up because you're able to help someone. Do you realize that when we do that, we are robbing God of His blessing? When we say, look at what I was able to do, we are stealing from God. We're giving praise to a false God of self because we're saying, man, it's a good thing I'm here. It's a, it's a good thing Tolly saw that problem. It's a good thing I had my, pocket, my, my checkbook out. It's a good thing. And when we act that way, we're stealing God's glory. Because why? Well, write this down. Never take praise that belongs to Jesus. Never take praise that belongs to Jesus. Why? It all comes from Him. Don't we remember James verse, or chapter 1, verse 17? Every good gift. Everybody say every. Every. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every single thing that is a blessing on this earth, every good gift comes from our Father. So the moment that we start to thank ourselves, the moment that we start to get a little bit high on our horse, that it's a good thing that my presence is here, the moment that we do that, we're stealing because it didn't come from you. It didn't come from me. I am one link in the chain. And, and, and if Jess were to, to tell me, hey, uh, Pastor, I want to be a blessing to Caleb. And so here's some money. And by the way, this happens all the time in church. And I, and I love when it happens. I'm able to write these emails. And my emails are basically, hey, someone heard your story. Someone has asked me to be a blessing. This is not coming from me. 
this is not coming from the church. This is coming from someone else. And that's the only role that I play. But Jess says, hey, here's 50 bucks. I want you to bless Caleb, but please don't let him know. So then imagine if I take that and I say, hey, uh, here you go, man. I'm just, I, just, I just think you deserve it. I mean, the hair, the, the style, the, the way you handle yourself, how you, man, you deserve it, bro. And then Caleb's like, oh, dad, thanks so much. No problem, Caleb. Good thing I'm here, son. You would, I mean, we're laughing because we can see how foolish that is, right? We can all easily see that. We can be like, you would be the biggest fraud if that's how you carried yourself. We can all easily see it. But what do we do when we are generous to someone else? Who are we looking, who are we looking around and be like, let me, I'm going to hand it over slowly, make sure everybody sees it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk about it at the next social gathering. In Bible study, in prayer, I'm going to say, you know, I need you to pray for this person. And then we go into a long story of how we stopped and we helped them. And, and what we're doing is the same thing as if I was to receive from Jess and walk over and take credit from Caleb. Because God is the author and perfecter. God is the one that gives us all good things. He is the one at the very beginning who gave me any access to anything. The scripture says that even my, my mental abilities, my physical abilities, all of those come from God. So even if I were to labor out in a field and earn a few dollars and turn around and give those dollars to someone else, it is not pure my labor that helps someone else. In fact, it is God who gave me the blessing and me the ability to earn the resource to begin with. So even if I decide to, hey, I'm going to be kind to this other person, it's still not all on me. And the moment that we think that our faith is about us becoming good so that we can give to someone else, then we've distorted the faith. It is if any time you are generous, any time you are kind, any time you give to someone else, you are merely a middleman blesser. You and I are middlemen. On our best days, we're middlemen. Because it means that God gave us the ability to earn, gave us the ability to work, gave us the ability to, to get something. And if we decide to give it away, it's not us giving it away. And listen, church, if we don't understand this, we will become greedy. And we will become Wanting to hold on to everything because we think all of it started with us. And it didn't. There's so many blessings that we receive. Don't ever take praise that belongs to Jesus. How do I drive in this world? How do I live as a kingdom citizen? Jesus is saying, look, when, when you do your righteousness, when you're, when you're behaving well, you don't need to do it so that other people see it. You don't need to let everybody know. This is one reason as a, a practice at our church, we don't often get up and give a list of everybody that gets benevolence or help. It's really because I don't want us to have that kind of demeanor as a church. I want us to simply do it. Um, and then privately, what's amazing is I'll talk to some of our members and I'll find out stuff years later like that, that they've been generous for all this time and didn't even let me know. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty amazing. Like, like that is the spirit that we all 
are after. Verse 5. So he goes, listen, when you're generous, when you're giving, this is how we do it in the kingdom of heaven. We, we, don't, we don't put ourselves there. We don't take God's glory. We don't receive praise that is meant for him. Number, uh, verse 5. And when you pray, so now we're talking about prayer. A minute ago, we're talking about generosity, living our righteous life in front of other people. And by the way, the righteousness could also just be, man, look at how good I am. Look at how well-behaved I am. Look, I don't sin like they'd sin. But when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. There's that word again, hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners that they may be seen by others. Do you notice a theme? Do you notice a theme? Our generosity is so that people can see it. Even our prayer life so people could see it. Living upright lives so that people could see it. And this is the concern of the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of earth. That they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Everybody say their reward. Their reward. You either get a reward from, from mankind and praising you, or you get the reward from God. It's not often that you're going to receive it from both it's when you're seeking after it. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who's in secret. And your father who is in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases. I love this, this uh, passage. Do not pray and heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their what? Many words. Don't be like them. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Listen, he's saying your prayer life doesn't have to be the most eloquent. It doesn't have to be the most well-spoken. You're not giving the Gettysburg Address every time you pray. And the irony about the Gettysburg Address is he says in there, no one's going to remember the fact that I gave this address today. <laughs> but, but our prayer life doesn't have to be some spectacular thing. In fact, don't you realize that if, when we act like that, we're prohibiting, we're pushing away other people from giving out their sincere prayer. This is why in a lot of Bible studies in Christianity, people are afraid to pray. We've created that culture. The church has, because we put too much stock in how many words, how many uh, theological phrases do you throw out? How much do, you, how much do you know, and how much do you weave in, and how, much, how many scriptures do you make sure to recite while you're praying to God? And when we do that, it makes it intimidating for somebody that's just like, look, I, all I know is I'm a sinner. <laughs> all I know is I need Jesus. All, all I know, and when we elevate the language, and when we pontificate in our prayers, then we be, when we act showy in our prayer life, when we do that, we're actually pushing people away that sincerely just want to talk to God. If you're jotting notes, write this down. For kingdom citizens, prayer is never performance. For kingdom citizens, prayer is never performance. Obviously, you know about gossip and prayer. That's kind of an easy one. But you ever notice the prayer where people are trying to talk to each other? And it might, it'll go like this. It'll be something like, Lord, I just, I just pray today that Caleb would understand that he's made in your image and he doesn't have to hang out with that crowd and he needs a haircut. And 
You know, like we, we say this stuff that we, we, we couch in prayer, but really we're just trying to send messages across the room to people. And when we do that, we're abusing this beautiful gift of being connected to God and being connected to, to, to eternity and talking with our Savior. We're abusing it by sending messages back and forth. Here's the thing. There's a place for that. That's called accountability. That's called relationship. That's called pulling a brother or sister aside and saying, hey, do I see here matching up with Scripture? But we don't use prayer to shoot messages across the room because we're, we're manipulating the moment and we're making sure that we're heard by other people. And, and so the Scriptures are like, listen, if you're going to pray, when you pray, have a great personal prayer life. Have an amazing personal. Now, here's the thing. In hearing this message today, it could be so easy for people to go, well, that's good because I don't do any prayer. So Pastor Tolly's picking on the people that pray out in public. I, <laughs> I don't have that problem. That's the danger. That's not the goal here. The goal is actually that maybe you might be somebody, I might be somebody that could say, you know, the message I need to pick up is what does it look like to just go into a room by myself? What does it look like to close the door and just give it all out to, to God? When's the last time I've shut the door on the world around me and just poured out my soul before God? And so I don't want you to think like, oh, well, he's really picking on the, the big righteous people. I want you to think, man, Jesus said, go into, a, into your room and shut the door and pray. And so how many of us would say, yeah, that's... I've, I do that. I, I take time away and I just get bare bones honest before God. I'm talking about prayer where, where, where like when I'm in, in that, that prayer season, I'm just like blunt with God. I'm like, God, you know this is true about me. I know this is true about me. And they might not know, but I know, Lord, and I need to be broken before you. I need this to change. I need the conviction. I need the tenacity. I need to know that I know that I know that, that you are molding me. Lord, I'm so distant. I, I'm, I'm so, it's so easy to do church and go to church and lead a Bible study and miss out on that personal encounter. I can't tell you how many people that, have, that are strong, strong, strong Bible study leaders that will tell me, like, this is not bread for me. Like, I'm so good at being able to facilitate a room that, that I don't even get anything out of the meal. And they'll come and they'll talk and they'll say, man, I'm just so desperate for God because the only study I'm doing is when I have to prepare to teach somebody, but I'm not really, I'm not really walking it. And, and that breaks my heart. And so whether you're somebody that does little to no prayer, take that challenge. A kingdom citizen does. Or whether you're somebody that finds yourself doing a lot more out, outward, empty phrase prayer. For kingdom citizens, prayer is never performance. Performance prayer is about you, not God. Performance prayer is to get an audience of people and not God. Performance prayer uses God to talk to people. But private, passionate prayer is about God and not you. Private, passionate prayer is to get an audience with God and not people. Private, passionate prayer talks to God with or without people. When you have meaningful private prayer, your public prayer for others is honest, raw, and filled with belief. Filled with belief. Because when you find a, a prayer warrior, somebody that you know, you know, you know has been walking and talking with God this week, 
And then you say, hey, can you pray for me? Or, or, or as we pray, when you find that person, you can just tell, man, they just, they just walked in to hang out with us from the prayer room, from the throne of God. And it's raw and it's honest and they're not trying to be flowery. They're just trying to tell you exactly, they're trying to tell the Lord exactly how the situation is. But here's the danger. I want us to own this. If you have no meaningful private prayer, you likely have no meaningful public prayer. If you don't have private prayer, don't try to make up for it when you get around a bunch of Christians. Because that's not meaningful either. But most of the time, we're trying to make up for what we have lacked during the week. And when we pray for one another, we need to, to have it be overflow. Focus more on your private prayer life than public. But don't use private prayer as an excuse for no prayer. Verse 9. He says, pray then like this. And obviously you could hear thousands of sermons on these next couple of verses. But for the overarching discussion we're having today, I'm talking about kingdom. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In other passages it continues. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, this is dangerous, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. But look at what this scripture says in verse 10. Pray this way, your kingdom come, your what? Your will. The songs, the prayer time we had today, your will be done on earth. Your will be done in me. Your will be done in my church. Your will be done in my city. Your will be done in my country. Your will be done. How can we pray to God and say, Lord, what I really want is your will to be done, and then our lives not reflect his will being done? How can we even say that we really want God's will to be done if our lives don't reflect his will being done? For kingdom citizens, prayer produces partnership. Can you all say partnership? Partnership. Because we're going to God and we're saying, God, I want what you want. Now, we're either just saying that because it's in the prayer or it's becoming a real part of our lives. I want what you want. If we want God's kingdom to come, if we want His will to be done, then we should be joining Him in partnership. Our prayer and our participation in partnership. Our prayer is our participation and partnerships. And so you, do our prayers move us to act as God's hands and feet? Do our prayers stir us to love our neighbor? Do our prayers of repentance soften our hearts towards the sin of others? For each one of us, we have to ask, what is our prayer doing? It should be leading us to become partners with Jesus. Last but not least, as kingdom citizens, we do not steal God's praise. We do not pray for performance, and we don't pray without participating in His kingdom. 
We don't steal his praise. We're not going to pray for performance. And we're not going to pray without participating in his kingdom. There's no way you and I could pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then proceed to live lives that ignore his will. That proceed to live lives that don't care about what he cares about. Break my heart for what breaks yours. And so you and I, we're transformed when we daily join him in the work of the kingdom. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so you and I have to ask ourselves, Lord, is my righteousness so that other people see it? Is my prayer life so that other people hear it? Am I really serious about your kingdom coming and your will being done? Or is all of this just lip service? Is my citizenship in heaven as much as it is in earth? I don't know how you drive in America, but this is how we drive in Kenya. I don't know how you live on earth, but there is a way we're to live if we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And every day, you and I can have a revival if we'll simply go before the Lord and say, Lord, today, show me. Show me one act of righteousness that I'm not living out. Show me where my prayer life doesn't match my real life. Show me if I've ever robbed you of your glory. Like I, I've been greedy and been about, about me thinking that I'm the one that is generous. I'm not generous, Lord. You're generous. I'm just the middleman. Show me, Father, if I've ever prayed something, but I didn't really mean it. Revival, revival, revival. Let your right spirit live within me. Because I want to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word. And God, today we confess that at any time that you bring to mind, Lord, we want to confess those times that we have taking credit, that we have acted like our generosity is ours, that we've said, well, we'll give and we'll be generous later when we get more. But the truth is there's never going to be a time when generosity becomes pure until we simply understand how it all works. We're nothing but middlemen. And so as a result, whether we have little or whether we have much, we're obedient and we give to others and we care about others father in our prayer life let us not be pontificating in prayer let us not be trying to impress other people in the circle let us be people that can just be raw and honest before you and genuinely mean it not because this is the first time we're praying this week but because we're bringing in our personal prayer life help us to learn to shut the door and have a conversation with you help us to be raw and honest lord help us in our righteousness to be most offended by the sin of ourselves and not spend our time in our self-righteousness trying to be worried about all the sins of others. Help us, Father, 
when we say your kingdom come, your will be done, help us to mean it. Convict us when we say that we want your will done, but then our lives look completely different. So Father, I just pray that this morning, each one of us, each person that's watching on the internet today, I just pray, Father, that each one of us can learn to be dual citizens. Yes, we're citizens in the flesh of earth, but most importantly and preeminently, we are citizens of heaven. Help us to live like it. Father, let the world see that we drive our cars different. Let the world see that we love different, we pray different, we give differently, and we surrender to your will differently. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Let's thank him for his word this morning. Let's thank him.